It's so amazing to read your reviews and hear what you love about this podcast, and I'm so grateful for those. If you haven't yet, please feel free to write me a review. So hi, how are you? Here in Basel, things are much the same as they were last week, and the week before, and the week before that, etc., etc. One thing, however, I've noticed, and wonder if you have too, and maybe it's because I still see the British news, it's that the Swiss don't seem to be doing anything joyful to help get through the times in lockdown. In the UK, the kids are chalking their driveways, filling their windows with rainbows. They're doing similar things in Australia. I could just be seeing these things because of my family friend and friends, which are mainly in Australia and the UK. When I was doing my weekly shop in co-op, I grabbed some chalk, not really essential, I know, and my kids and I chalked our walkway. Oh boy. The neighbours couldn't quite believe their eyes. Some sent me messages. Others waved from the windows asking what we were doing. It's kind of hard to explain in my bad German that I'm just trying to bring some colour to the dull days at home. But maybe the idea of brightening up our homes is catching on because a woman in Basel spent two days blowing up balloons and stringing them together outside her home to make a balloon wonderland. It looks awesome and I hope it catches on. Although I'm not sure how many balloons I could blow up before getting bored. Probably about three. Let's get to today's episode. I know both the upcoming guests. Gary is an expat dad and we used to run into each other on the tram regularly. His boys keep him on his toes. My favourite memory of seeing him on the tram is chatting to him before he turned away and said to his kid, where is your other shoe? And discovering that his kid had only one shoe that day. Of course I felt bad, but I've also been there. So it was actually quite hilarious for me. Naomi is an Aussie like me and even comes from the same city as me. But she's been in Switzerland for less time and has really paved her own path here in Basel. She's got her blogs, her articles for online media, as well as being a teacher. I haven't noticed her kids getting on the tram without both shoes. So maybe that's just me and Gary. Both Gary and Naomi agreed to talk to me to give an insight into what it's like for parents and teachers at home. I guess I wanted other parents like you to listen and think, okay, I'm doing all right. After speaking to both about the wash piling up, about the long days jumping from the kitchen to the school desk to work and then back to the kitchen again, it's easy to think I'm doing something wrong. But I hope you will listen to our guests and realize we are all doing okay. Sure, it's not ideal. Sure, we want the kids to get their education, but we are also worried about their health and well-being as well as our own. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, you've got this, however you're doing it, however you're parenting or teaching or lazing or exploring or TV watching, you are doing great. So once again, thank you to both of our guests, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey everyone, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We've got Gary and Naomi here joining us to talk about schooling in lockdown. So guys, if you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourselves. So my name's Naomi Tzvoko. I'm a school teacher, uh, an international school teacher here in Basel, and I'm also a parent. I've got two children of my own. I have a an eight-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. Thanks, Naomi. And how about you, Gary? 
Uh, I'm Gary Colin. Uh, I'm an American expat uh, here in Basel for six and a half years. Uh, my kids go to an international school. Uh, one is nine years old and the other is six. Thank you, Gary. So uh, we've all got quite uh, around the same age kids. My kids are eight and 11 and they are at local schools and, uh, and I am not a teacher. <laughs> so this is all very new to me. Uh, but all of our children are around the same age, but we've got different um, kind of experiences. My kids are at local school, your kids are at international schools. And Naomi, you said you teach at an international school. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Let's, uh, let's get into what the last month has looked like for each of us. So Gary, what has it been like in, um, in, in your family with, obviously you say you're not a teacher. Um, what has it been like for you? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of strange that we've been off, the kids have been off in Switzerland for the last two weeks. So uh, two weeks during this, uh, this time, uh, you know, feels like five years. So it's, it's, it's hard to uh, recall the, uh, the stress of uh, everyday life uh, as a uh, stay-at-home uh, uh, homeschooling teacher. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting uh, process, uh, to say the least, uh, I guess. Um, so if I, uh, if I remember correctly, the days were filled with, uh, uh, during teaching with uh, um, some cursing. Um, uh, on my part, of course. Um, uh, a lot of stress, a lot of printing out of materials um, and uh, switching off between uh, kids uh, to do some kind of learning, uh, to try to get through uh, a modest amount of work uh, each day, uh, hopefully reaching a bare minimum. Um, that was, uh, I'm sure uh, as we speak, I'll, uh, I'll remember the horrors. Yeah, so it sounds like it's been, uh, been a bit tough for, for you guys. Yes, yes, a challenge. <laughs> a challenge, that's a good way to put it. Naomi, before we get into what it's like for you to teach um, remotely, tell us what it's been like for you and your kids having to learn at home. Um, so I think I empathize with, with Gary. It's, um, I think it's one thing being a teacher and it's another thing teaching your own children. I think that's a very different experience. Um, and yeah, I think there is the, the pressure of wanting them to get done as, you know, get things done right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I was, I'm slowly getting rid of that kind of, um, pressure that I put on myself and realizing that if they just do one thing well a day, then that's terrific. So I think it's really just because it's hard. It's hard for us as parents. And there's so much that we do during the day, um, whether we're working or not. You know, there's so much that we need to get done. It's meal prep. It's just it's a massive juggle. Um, and, I, and I feel and I, especially in that first that first week, I got everything that Gary was saying. Um, yeah. So I think we're in the same boat with two children as well, when there's always one that wants a bit more attention than the other. So while you're teaching one, the other one's just standing there. And like, Hold on, I'll get to you. So I is, yeah. We're all in that same position where we've got two kids. I didn't even think to think of uh, a family with more than two. So um, yeah, we're, we're already juggling stuff. Imagine those families with even more kids. How jealous are you guys of families with one kid? Yeah, exactly. Why did we have more? <laughs> So for me, um, my kids' uh, school, they go to local schools. Uh, the teachers in those first three weeks before the school holidays um, provided some things, but nothing was compulsory. Uh, so the children knew that everything they did was, uh, was optional. 
Was it the same for you? Uh, both You've both got kids at the international school. What was the difference there, Gary? Let us know how it was for your kids. It, it felt like um, your assignments for the day were expected. Um, I think after a week or two when I think everybody was struggling, parents, teachers were struggling, I think the expectations uh, lowered uh, quite a bit to <laughs> what Naomi was saying. You know, you get one thing done well, and that's that's a huge accomplishment. Um, I, I mean, to me, the worst thing was just to try to um, do the minimal minimal amount of everything, um, just trying to get to every little thing. Uh, unfortunately, things like music and arts um, and peripheral—I don't want to call them peripheral because they're important—but when you're when you are faced with math. I'm sorry, maths to you guys, right? Um, um, maths and um, uh, language, um, those, those are the things that at least we concentrated on. And I have a feeling that a lot of people did the same. How about you, Naomi? Were your kids um, given things that, that felt like they were necessary to do every single day or was it more, this is um, advisory? Um, yes, and definitely with because my daughter's older, so she's in P3 at the moment, and they were given a lot of work. Um, and so there was a lot to get done. And the struggle for me, not being a maths teacher, was actually getting my eight-year-old daughter to do her maths work. Um, and it was done differently to the way that I was taught at school. So I, I felt really out of my depth with what to do with her. So that was, that was a real struggle. Um, and, and then, yeah, like you said, then you just go back to basics and you say, look, do what you can. But the teachers have been amazing and they have been providing online support um, when we needed it, which was great. So that was really, really good. Um, but yeah, overall, um, the hard part is keeping them busy for me while I was working. And with my son, he's six years old and he needs me to constantly be there as he's doing his work. So then it was all about adjusting when he was doing his work. And often that was he'd either start really early in the morning before my day started or really late before bedtime. But yeah, and it was the good thing about it, though, is that I could actually I think this is where being a teacher is helpful is I could see what his weaknesses were and I could focus on those and actually not do all the set work and say, look, let's just focus on this because this is what you need right now. And I think that's been helpful. And I think even if you're not a teacher, you can see, I, I'm sure you can see with your kids, you can differentiate and actually make the lesson specialized or specifically suited to your child's needs. I think that's the advantage because I think a lot of time in the classroom, teachers don't get that benefit of having that one-on-one -on -one time and saying, oh, you really need to work on this. You miss this. Like um, just, yeah. So I think that's a big benefit. Definitely. I, I completely agree. And um I'm still working out with my kids whether it's that they're you know need help with something or they just really hate doing it and so they're pushing it to the bottom of the pile. I'm still working on that, so let's uh, let's see. Naomi, I'm really interested to hear about what it's like for you um, as a teacher and what your days look like. Obviously, we know that you're teaching as well as uh, parenting slash teaching your, or preparing your children to be taught at home. So give us an idea of, of what your day is like. Okay, so um, I try to wake up very early and um, uh, I've 
I posted about this, which was Gary mentioned before the podcast began. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to do yoga in the morning. I am uh, not a great person when it comes to exercise in general. So it's really, it has to be bite-sized things. And the reason I mentioned yoga is, this, is because this is quite a stressful time. And I didn't do that in that first week. And I realized that if I'm going to get through this time as a parent and a teacher, I really needed to look after my mental and physical well-being. So it starts with doing something really early before my school day starts because our school day at the moment is synchronized. So what that means is that we need to be on um, when we are teaching. So I'm a middle school teacher. So if I have a, like a five period day, I have to be on five periods for the students within that time frame. And it also includes online contact time. So that means I'm going to see the students on Zoom and be available when I need to be. Um, so my students have, and it, this is real, this is real talk, my students have seen my children in the background, they, um, they see my son to the point that they are often ask, oh, your son's not in the background today. <laughs> so um, it, it is real and it is home life and work life meeting each other. Um, and I'm, I'm doing my best and, uh, you know, it means I'm often up late preparing lessons for the, the, the next day um, because I'm trying to manage being online the whole day during the school day and then afterwards teaching my own children making sure all the meals are prepared the night before um, so that it doesn't interfere too much with the day and giving meaningful feedback to the students as well as my own children. So it's, it is a struggle and it's a lot of time management. So I'm actually working off the school timetable. So I'm on and I'm having my lunch breaks when we have lunch at school. And so are my children, we're sitting at the table at the same time. Um, but it does, yeah, it does mean that I, I you know, there, there are times where I have to um, stay up late to make sure that I'm doing everything or wake up really early to make sure my son's doing his homework early and I'm getting him to color in or do things where he doesn't need me um, when I'm on. So it is, it's, it's an absolute juggle and, um, and I'm not in it alone. And that's really nice. So when I've spoken about this, you know, all the teachers, um, I've met so many teachers around the world who are saying, yep, we're in the same boat and it's, it's ridiculously hard, but we're doing our best. And I think, I put too much pressure on myself in that first week and now I realize that you know parents at home are like us and they're struggling um, and so I think everybody's being kind to each other during this time and that is really comforting because it's it's really tough and the studies actually show from what I've read um, if kids miss out they will catch up so everything that I've read is that it's us putting the pressure on ourselves. But the experts are saying the life skills that they're learning from being at home, whether it's preparing meals or helping with chores or sharing with their siblings um, or, or having a Zoom meeting with their own peers and it's social, that they're still life skills and they still matter. Um, and I think it's really having that perspective. If they learn something, I'll just move to the next room. If they learn something, then that's great. And if they don't, they're learning something that we might not be able to measure and that's okay too. So I think that's the perspective that I've had at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you're absolutely right. We, uh, that first week I realized that um, my daughter was going to be learning something that I didn't necessarily have to teach her because she all of a sudden became interested in baking. So I was like, go for it. If you're going to make a cake, I'm going to eat it. No problem. Just make <laughs> sure you do it yourself and clean up. So you're, you're, you're right about that last point. Um, you said something about pressure on yourself that I wanted to, um, ask kind of a sideways question about 
Um, have you had much pressure from parents? Um, has there, you did say that people have been kind, so I suspect the answer might be actually, no, people have been quite understanding, but is that, is there that, you know, pressure to, to get things done uh, as, at a standard that is the same when you're in the classroom or, or has it been fairly, you know, let's, let's all understand the situation is tough for everyone? Um, parents have been amazing and they've actually praised the efforts of teachers and I think that the fact that parents are school homeschooling now and having to do these things I think there's a deeper appreciation for teachers so it's been much more positive the feedback and the communication I've had with the parents has been quite positive um, or quite constructive about like certain kids needs or had it or asking for help um, how do I get them to do this but I think um I think the secret and and I think most teachers are doing this is we are teaching differently we're adapting the work for people at home um, every time I put an assignment up I'm breaking it down and we call that like scaffolding like you do with a building you know you scaffold the task and you break it down into small achievable chunks so um, most teachers are doing that we're aware that kids don't have us there on call 24 7 and they might do th even though we are synchronized they might do things in their own time so I think breaking tasks down into smaller more achievable bits for students has been helpful and I've realized because we can actually, we, we use something called Google Classroom. We can actually see kids working live on a document, which is awesome. And I've realized by doing that, that um, I can adapt my learning plans to suit what they're doing. So if I see them struggling with a question, I'm actually giving them a model response and then they can copy it or I'm starting them off with a template. So I think it's about adapting the work. And I think most teachers are doing that and that's been helpful and parents are seeing that. And I think when kids can do things and it's achievable, it's easier for parents because they don't need to intervene. Keeping in mind, I teach older children than our children. And it's very different when it's younger children and, and older children. So Yeah. So Gary, um, how about you with your children's teachers? Have you felt that kind of appreciation for, for all that, that they do uh, with our children five days a week, uh, Monday yeah. to Friday, all day long? <laughs> Well, first of all, I just I just want to nominate uh, Naomi uh, for sainthood. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's just it's amazing to me. I, I as I'm sure you see, Susie, how how difficult, uh, how how challenging it is to be uh, homeschool to be homeschooling two children, but to be teaching, trying to teach a full class of kids at the same time. I. I have no idea how you have not lost your mind. I mean, I'm assuming that you haven't, uh, Naomi. Um, that's it's Yoga. just incredible. <laughs> it's incredible to me. So well done, and to all teachers. I mean, yeah, I, I have nothing but respect. Of course, I come from a family of teachers, so uh, um, I have a newfound respect for uh, for what uh, they did, um, and. Uh, I see a lot of patience with the, with the teachers. Nobody's yet. Nobody's there's no blame going on. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, why isn't my child uh, learning this? Why, why uh, it, it's interesting to see um, the process that the kids are going through what, what their daily routine looks like that we don't see. Uh, otherwise when they go off to school, it's like this magical thing. They're, they're learning stuff. We're not, you know, we might do a little homework at night, um, but 
they come home full of this knowledge that I guess we take for granted uh, quite a bit. So uh, I, uh, I am loving teachers at the moment uh, and appreciating them. And uh, I can't wait until they can take my kids back uh, yeah. <laughs> during the day. Um, uh, no, that, just that said, I, I mean, no, uh, these days it, it looks like school is going to be starting up again within a month. And, uh, you know, as an aside, I find that a little terrifying. It seems early. Uh, you know, at first I was like, I can't wait to get my kids back to school. But now I'm like, I'm not, you know, I, you hear about schools that are not uh, opening up for the rest of the school year. And I, you know, that I'm kind of in that, uh, on that boat now. Uh, that seems like the, um, uh, the, the, um, the right uh, thing to do at this point, but that's neither here nor there. We'll see what happens. Um, right. Sorry, what so was the question? You, you, no, you answered it. It's all right. The the Swiss government have uh, released at the time of this recording that school will go back uh, around the 11th of May. So that's about three weeks from now, I believe. So yeah, you, you know, I kind of feel the same way. My opinion of it is let's wait and see. You know, I'm not telling my kids they're going back to school. I'm saying they might be going back to school. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens, I think, is the, is the, uh, the situation. Um, I'm interested to know what has been the, you know, it's a bit of a negative question, but what the worst thing about mm. being at home with your kids has been. Um, have you got any, any stories or, or situations where you're like, this is the absolute worst and I don't ever want to have to repeat this? Naomi? <laughs> okay, good question. The negative things, I, to be honest, I think that the extra things niggling at me all the time, like the washing and the meal prep, um, you know, those things are a bit frustrating to do because you have so much to do and you want to be big picture, but, um, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the routine day-to-day -day stuff that you just have to plan for every day within everything else that you need to get done. So for me, it's working from home, having the kids here, and then on top of that, it's the life stuff. They, you know, we need to get out and have, we need to walk, we need to make sure that they're eating and it's healthy, we need to have less screen time, like it's all the extra home things that you have to get done in between working and homeschooling. So that for me is what's it's the, is the juggle. And I have to say, in saying that, I have to give my husband credit because even though we're both working from home, um, we've had to sit down and have, a, which we've never done. We're not like a, let's have a family meeting kind of meeting. But this is the first time ever that we actually sat down and said, okay, we need to have a family meeting. Um, and we've had to split up the chores and we have, you know, different days where one day my husband's on lunch duty and then the next day I'm on lunch duty and we get, we're getting the kids to help with the washing and they're doing their beds. So, but that's the, that's the annoying part of the, of being at home and, and not being tempted to do the washing while you're working or whatever. Cause apparently like I've been reading up about this, you have to pretend you're at work when you're working. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's the. Yeah, you, you can't take a break at work and do a load of washing, so no. you might as well not do it at home. How about you, Gary? What's what's the worst part? Well, I I am uh, normally a, a stay-at-home dad, um, and this has taken it to uh, to new levels. Uh, you know, I'm used to uh, fixing, you know, getting up early and fixing their 
breakfast and th getting their lunches ready for and snacks ready for the day. But then I have, you know, a good seven hours of, of me time to, uh, to do other stuff, to do other chores, uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, just in case my wife is listening, uh, to do chores around the house. Um, lots and lots of chores. Um, so now it's, uh, I feel like I spend the entire day in the kitchen um, making breakfast. I mean, because I, my wife is, is working from home and she's going for her PhD. Uh, so, um, she's so locked you. away. Yes. She's, she's locked away every day, uh, doing, uh, doing either work or school. Uh, so I am in the kitchen, uh, <laughs> preparing every meal, um, which I mean is normal, but once again, it's, you know, before I could get it done, at least a good chunk of that done, uh, early on in the morning. Uh, so it's, uh, that's that's a that's a bit much, and yeah, meal planning has become a, a much bigger thing, um, uh, much a much much bigger deal, um, which is which is good. It's been actually helpful as much as I uh, fight um, uh, organizational things like that. So, uh, it's uh, uh, planning. Uh, planning is not my forte. Uh, doing things on the fly is uh, is more my thing. But this is uh, has actually helped quite a a huge deal. Um, getting the kids out, uh, yeah, is, uh, and especially like Naomi was saying, balancing, you need to take care of yourself also. I'm a runner. I've got to get out, uh, at least a few times a week and do that. Um, so finding the time to do that, I would like to say I would get up early to do that, but I don't, uh, as much as I'm a morning person, of course I'm a night person also, so it's kind of, so that means six hours of sleep at night. Um, uh. I tend to run later in the morning, uh, so that means you know get get the kids do as much work as possible uh, in the morning, and then uh, go uh, go take care of me for uh, for a little bit uh, before fixing lunch. Um, and uh, oh, geez, what else? Um, <laughs> Is that Gary? It sounds like you're um, quite similar to me. I'm not a planner either, and for me. The worst part has been that everyone now knows what I do during the day, um, which, um, you know, there's five days a week where usually I'm at home on my own doing not much. And now everybody knows the truth. So, um, you know, when Bruce would come home from work and he'd be like, hey, what'd you do today? I'd be like, oh, you know, this and that. And now, now he knows the truth. The, the, this and that means watch Netflix, and stay in bed with a cup of tea um, and talk to my sister for hours and hours in Australia. So that for me has been the worst part that the realities of my day-to-day -day life is now evident to my entire family. And while everyone has been like understanding, it's, a, it's still a little bit like, what does mum actually do? So... That's, she, that's, that's an awesome podcast, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also the podcast, but uh, yeah. So um, yeah, that for me was has been the negative. But the good thing that both of you uh, seem to to do uh, is recognize the the positive in in the the worst thing. So I, it's. I mean, I my next question was, you know, what's the best thing? But both of you have said, you know, oh, this is the bad thing. But then from that, you know, there's all of these positive things and all of these realizations that come from it. Does it, does it feel like that uh, to you is it, that, that there are positives that have come from, from all of this? 
I, I think my kids are eating uh, healthier, uh, actually, because now I, you know, you, on a normal school day, they'd come home and often no snack, no lunch would be eaten. Just, you know, come back exactly looking the same as it did uh, <laughs> going out in the morning. I don't know if that's just a boy thing. Uh, I have two sons. Uh, um, but now, you know, making, uh, I make sure that they eat fruit during the day, uh, make sure they have vegetables. So that's been a good thing. How about you, Naomi? That's cool. No, I like that. Um, so I think it's, this is, you know, for me, I think um, because I, I read somewhere that going through this is it's, it sounds like a bit dramatic, and I am a bit dramatic. So um, it's 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 like when you go through the stages of mourning, like you for your freedom sort of a thing. And I had the anger, the denial, like I went through all those phases, and I'm, I'm definitely at acceptance now. Um, and I've and I've made it my mission to find the joy in the little moments. And what I'm really thinking about is just being, even though I'm not always like mentally present with them. There's something comforting about me being physically present around my children for them even like just they like my son will often just grab Lego as I'm working and just sit on the floor next to me and we won't say anything but I think I just feel that there's comfort in being around each other as a family and I don't think we'd ordinarily get that even if we were on holiday we'd be on the go or doing the next thing but just being around each other and seeing them grow and, and getting to know them a bit more um, than I ordinarily would um, has been definitely the, the big positive and I'm just kind of and I look at their photos when they were babies and I, and I think I'm going to miss this and I'm going to miss this stage. So I'm trying to really find the little moments and hang on to those ordinary things. So that's um, my little sentimental take on this time, um, just finding those little joys. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. There's, there are those little joys. I'm, I have spent the last two weeks trying to convince my kids that we should do a time capsule about this time. But my kids are like, that sounds like schoolwork. We don't want to write a story. <laughs> we don't want to do that. So I'm still working on it. But uh, And because I'm, I'm not a very good teacher, I'm not very, um, very strict. Uh, so far, it, the, the time capsule is on hold. So um, Naomi, I wanted to ask you, what are some tips to keep the kids engaged? You know, um, I think Gary and I probably have both had this situation where, and, and, and you, of course, as well, where we're trying to get our kids to do what the teachers want them to do. And I don't know about your kids, but both of mine have come with the excuse, this is just, we just don't have to do this. We, the teachers just told us that we can do it if we want and we don't want to do it. So I'm constantly having this back and forth with my kids, like, I want you to do it. Well, the teacher said we don't have to. Well, I want you to. Yes, but I'm going to do this other thing that's more fun, like colouring or, or reading. So how, what's something that we can give the kids to keep them engaged, to keep them, um, you know, focused on their work in, their, in this really, really tough time and, and, um, and strange times for them? Okay, that's, that's, okay. That, it's that's a tough question. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack because there's, there's two, I guess, schools of thought, I guess. Um, one school of thought is let them do the things that they want to do during this time and they'll catch up on all the other things and it is hard for them and they're adjusting as well. So if they're doing something, whether it's colouring in or something else, there's still value in that and that's okay. And I think that's taking the pressure off parents and saying if your kid is enjoying something that's completely fine, especially with younger children. Um, and I think I read uh, 
the canton has said that this year is not graded um, and the kids will catch up and fill in the gaps. And there's Dr. Hattie in Australia, who's like a, an expert in education. He said the same thing, like kids catch up, they will, it will be fine. However, if um, you do want to keep them engaged or there's something that you think is of value, um, I think thinking of yourself as a teacher is my first tip. A lot of parents say, like, I'm not a teacher, and I'm, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think in the formal sense, you may not be a teacher, but I think we're all teachers. Just by being parents, we teach in our own way, and I think that's something you should empower yourself in knowing that you are a teacher. I think um, your style as a teacher is going to be different. So if your style is letting the kid have the driver's seat and letting them be engaged and do their own thing, that's cool turning things for our kids their age turning things into a game um and giving them you know i don't know what i i believe in bribes a lot of teachers don't but like you know you'll get to eat this lollipop if you finish this um i'm often sitting with my son who needs constant motivation so that's another thing recognize my daughter's intrinsically motivated she'll do things on, on her own my son, however, I sit next to him. I'm his cheerleader. I have to literally stop every five minutes and say, wow, that's amazing. I love the way that you're riding the E now or whatever he's doing. So I think it's realizing that each kid is different. And for some kids, if you want them to finish a task, it may mean sitting with them and cheering them on and then giving them bite-sized chunks, like I said earlier, and saying, when you finish this, we'll go for a walk outside. Or when you finish this, we'll go on the scooter. So giving them little rewards based on what they like and not making it seem like work. That's the secret. Um, whether it's like dressing up to teach history or being silly, if you have time to do that, that's great. If you don't, like I said, with the first approach, then just relax, let them, let them run the show. They'll catch up. They'll be fine. They'll enjoy this time and they don't want to see you stressed. I think that's the most important thing. Thank you, Naomi. That's excellent advice, especially love what you said that we're all teachers. And it, as, as soon as you said it, I completely agreed. Like, actually, yeah, we are. Even in not this situation, we all teach our children every day. And that is kind of our roles. And we, we maybe don't even recognize that. And, and this situation has, has made it, uh, made us realize that, that we, we're all yes. teaching our kids, maybe, yes. maybe not always good things, but uh, yeah, we're all teaching. <laughs> it's all yes, bad. If daddy, is, if daddy is sitting on his iPhone, yes, kids will take the cue and they will sit on their iPads. Yes, that's, that's what I have learned. Uh, Definitely. Well my, well, my daughter did say to me today, mom, I'm not just learning how to be a parent from you, I'm also learning what not to do when I'm a parent. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm great. <laughs> my kids are learning a lot about that. <laughs> Right. So as we said earlier, the um, Switzerland government have said that the kids will go back to school around the 11th of May. Um, uh, kids in Basel have had two weeks off um, and not yet back at school, going back to school this week. Um, so what, uh, what are you guys doing both as, uh, as parents and also Naomi, you as a parent and a teacher to prepare for the next three weeks at home? Um, well, just like uh, the, the previous weeks, uh, you know, I will get up and uh, print out materials for the first hour of the day uh, for, uh, for their assignments. Um, I'm sure I'm exaggerating a little, but it feels like a, a good hour. <laughs> it's, it's like a good part of my work is, is printing, um, downloading their work and, uh, and preparing for, uh, for their lessons uh, for the day. Um, 
And, uh, oh my God, just, I'm not as stressed as when we first started this. It felt like such, such a difficult, like every day felt like, oh my God, how am I going to get through? It's going to, this is going to feel like another marathon. Every day was a marathon at first, but it's gotten, uh, it's gotten better. Of course, you know, this is speaking after two weeks of, uh, of being off from, uh, from school. So we'll see tomorrow morning. I might go back into panic mode, but, uh, but right now I don't feel like that's uh, coming on quite yet. Um, it feels like it'll be a lot more relaxed. And I think knowing, hearing, you know, as much as I might not agree with the, uh, the start date again, having, um, knowing that there's a definitive time that they're going back, knowing that, okay, um, just have to get through this specific amount of time, um, feels like it's relieving pressure which is great, even if it doesn't come to the, even if it, you know, they don't go back to school this year. Just hearing that uh, is, is a bit of a relief, I have to say. And how about you, Naomi? Um, yeah, I, I agree with, with Gary. I think having a certainty, whether it's false certainty or not, of, about a date does help. Um, is that what you were saying, Gary? It helps to- Yes, help. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree having that kind of date is good. Um, I think for me, I'm a planner and I think this is probably why I, I really struggled at the beginning because the routine was out the door and everything. So I think my approach now is to plan as much as I can, but also to let go of what I can't control. So I'm definitely going to have to plan my days because I am working and, and looking after them. And it does mean that we will wake up earlier as a family. I will do my yoga and I will start my son's work before my work day starts. And then he can go on and do the things where he doesn't need me, um, the fun things on his own. Um, and uh, the new thing that I'm doing is my daughter is now my office buddy. So we've decided that she's going to have her desk right next to mine. Um, and my son will be my husband's office buddy. So, um, and then we can kind of have them around and they feel us, like I said, just physically present, um, even though we're both working. And I think that's going to help because... Um, my daughter struggled with not having me next to her because we, um, we have like a split level apartment. She was downstairs doing her work before the break and she had a chat with me and she said, I feel like you're so busy during the day and you don't have time for me. And I said, what if we move your desk and put it next to my desk? And she said that would make a big difference. So that's like our new approach to just be um, office buddies, which will be fun, I think. Great idea. Yeah, excellent idea. And and so on point about uh, listening to your kids and, and adapting um, to to how they're learning and how and how they like to be to be taught and and just being present in the same room with them. Such a such an important thing that we've all had to take notice of. Yeah, little little funny thing that you guys can see me, but the podcasters can't. Um, behind me is all my laundry and washing. So you can't see that. Check out my awesome divider that I put. <laughs> so this has been my way to adapt. So, um, so I bought this online. It's been, I I'm not an online shopper. It's my first online purchase. I was scared it was a scam website because it was all in German and French. I couldn't understand it. I literally just clicked the red purchase button. But yeah, that's another way that I'm adapting. <laughs> Very good. I, I put all my laundry in the spare room and close the door and then uh, and then I have to uh, face reality when everyone says they've run out of underwear. So that's that's my divider. 
my divider is a door closed until someone says, mom, I've got no undies. Or, or when Bruce says, I'm, I'm literally down to my last pair. Can you please do some laundry? I'm like, oh, no. all right. Yep. I, I, I am looking right now at my hamper that's been sitting in the, uh, in the hall for the last, uh, for the last two days, waiting for me to take it down to the laundry room to, uh, to, uh, actually give my kids uh, something um, that doesn't have stains all over it. Um, Maybe invent something during this time, like some magic laundry folding and washing system. That would I be awesome. <laughs> I've, uh, I've come to, to bribing my, uh, my daughter. I'll pay her if she does a load of washing. So um, that's working. That's working oh. so far. <laughs> that's good. Excellent, guys. It's been so insightful to hear what it's like uh, for you as parents, uh, as as well as uh, Naomi from a teacher's perspective, to to see what it's been like uh, at home in Basel for the kids. And uh, I'm looking forward to to hearing what it's going to be like in three more weeks, uh, especially if the kids go back to school and uh, and things will be obviously a little different, won't they? So we'll maybe have to. Uh, <laughs> have a have an update on on what the kids are doing if they if they go back to school on the 11th of may so thank you guys so much for coming on and giving us your insights into that gary and naomi it's been awesome thank you so much you're so welcome thank you thanks for having us yummy <laughs>